I love you. I know. A romance isn't dead. May the force be with you. Or have you seen my soulmate? I'm Sally. And I'm Ray. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Um, we are getting started today. And first of all, we need to talk about our polls. Ray, what are you thinking? Are we enjoying our polls? I actually like doing them. I find it's really interesting to see what everyone who is listening or reading the blog posts or everything else is thinking and what they like and what they want to hear about. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. So the results of our last poll, we were asking our listeners what our favorite romance genres were. And uh, we thank you. If you voted, we, we found it very enlightening. Um, it appears that we actually have a tie or a draw, as the Brits would say. And um, contemporary and fantasy slash supernatural took it away with 40%. And um, historical came in a third with 20%. And nobody voted for futuristic. You know, right, with futuristic, I'm kind of thinking that um, that, that kind of can go into supernatural fantasy depending on who's writing it yeah I, um, I think it depends I know that the one that we're reading at the moment is classed as a futuristic fantasy supernatural yeah it's yeah if it depends so. if you look at the if you look at the categories on goodreads that's what it's classed as <laughs> yeah yeah right of course so I, th- I think there's some play there so yeah. Okay. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be introducing uh, these, all these genres to you, or reintroducing these genres to you. And um, the book we're currently reading was my first pick, and it's Nalani, or Nalini Singh's first sci-changeling novel, Slave to Sensation. And so um, we've been busy, and by we, I mean Ray has been really busy, and she has. Um, set up a Goodreads account so um, you can find us there and join us and get chatting on the forum over there at Goodreads Um, you can find the link on our blog if you would like to and our blog Ray what's our blog address romancenotdead.wordpress.com and there'll there'll be an article posted pretty soon today after we've posted the podcast all about today's cast surprisingly (laughs) Sally's got a job to do. Okay. <laughs> yep, you certainly have. Oh boy, here we go. Not mine go. today. Yeah. I'm going to be plied with wine instead. Oh come on. Yeah. That's so fine. We're going to be we're going to be toasted with champagne. Well, probably cheap champagne, but I will be toasted with champagne at some point. That's good. That's right. <laughs> That's how it should be. Should I tunelessly sing to you? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> maybe let's not that yeah maybe I, let's not. I don't think we need to I don't think we need to torture anybody and I certainly don't need to sing <laughs> okay well this week we are talking about something that is super close to Sally's heart um and you if you've been following us on Twitter or reading our Twitter posts you'll have seen that we are talking about the romance of Star Wars we are just doing the movies right mm-hmm. just the movies yes yes including the two standalones, and we aren't going to go super in-depth. There is a very good reason for that, as I I haven't seen a Star Wars film since 1983, 
when I went and saw Return, to the Je- Return of the Jedi with my dad and my brother and sister at the cinema and we got kicked out. Yay! <laughs> my sister didn't like the um, Ewoks getting killed and was screaming, they're killing the teddy bears, they're killing the teddy bears. And please, if you ever listen to this, don't have a go at me over it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is where I am literally going to sit back and get educated in the relationships that work or don't in the Star Wars universe. So take it away, Sally. (laughs) Okay, so I am just going to give a real super quick, um, like I'm just going to do a quick rundown of the couples that we are going to discuss slash um, hit and move on. And um, the focus is going to be on the couples in the sagas. And that is the Skywalker saga. So episodes one through now nine, which is finished, which is wrapped filming, which is a really big deal. But anyway, um, so in sort of order, we are going to look at Han, or not Han, we're going to look at Padme and Anakin from the prequel trilogy we are going to look at han and kira from the han solo movie we are going to skim by rogue one talk about the potential of two separate couples in that movie um cassian and jen and then bays and chariot and then we're going to talk about han leia in the original trilogy and then we need to um talk about finn rose of the sequel trilogy and then we need to talk about uh ray and kylo rim which may Not be me. the most contra i say by and by we i mean me uh we need to talk about <laughs> um uh what's his name kylo ben solo and uh Ray of Jakku. So, so, um, should I, Ray, do you think, kind of go through who these people are or do you want to ask questions? I'm going to have a, the first question was that sounded like a foreign language to me. It sounds really bad. <laughs> I was sitting there going, Ray, I don't know anybody called Kylo Ren. <laughs> just for a second, just for a second. And then I remembered, um, well, I do have a few questions, as you know, because you've been fielding them all week. Um, And I'm sure that most of the people listening will have at least seen one of the films, if not all of them. And I'm sure most Mm -hmm. of you have seen all of them. Right. So what do you think makes these couples so romantic? Well, Star Wars is... um myth it's it's fairy tale modern modern fairy tales modern myth and so um as you know romance is a universal kind of thing and it's a through thread for many of the um well well heck for any of the fairy tales and certainly for myth and um so all of these couples sort of have these or a lot of these couples not all of them but several of these couples have um sort of this epic love story going on and and they seem to be larger than life but they all have their failings so unfortunately most of these couples seem to be tinged with tragedy as well so um but they are romantic couples i mean you know we got to see a couple of them in bed with each other so it is <laughs> it is you know it is what it is 
definitely a kiss here and there. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm now hearing Marilyn Monroe in my head. Um, yeah. <laughs> so which of these, I mean, you listed quite a few couples there. Which of them do you think has the most, is the most romantic is there one that really stands out or are they all in their own way kind of you said tinged with tragedy but are they all massively romantic epic sweeps of love and so who's the most epic romantic sweep of love is that what you're asking who's the most romantic definitely Um, okay so this is truly an opinion thing. And for me, it's a couple that has the potential as opposed to the actual what what has happened with them. So for me, the couple that has the most potential is Ray with Ben Solo or slash Kylo Ren from the sequel trilogy. They, to me, have they've got this mind to mind connection. There's something kind of faded about them. And I just Oh, that's my jam. That is my jam. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I am. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of what I look at with them. Do do we want to go ahead and just kind of like talk a little bit about these couples? Go yeah, ahead definitely. Like, okay, so from the prequel trilogy, we have Anakin Skywalker and Padme Amidala, and their ship name is Annie Dalla. <laughs> Anakin, <laughs> Annie Dalla. And we have to talk about a ship name, right? So they are the parents of Princess Leia of Alderaan and Luke Skywalker. So they did indeed get married and they did indeed have children. Uh, But it is a tragic, tragic couple. I would call it a Romeo and Juliet trope because they are truly star-crossed. They cannot be together. And um, it's also, it also is shares a couple of things with the Han and Leia, which I'll kind of get into with Han and Leia, but you know, he's a Jedi Knight. She's a Senator. He was born a slave and she's a former queen. I mean, these two are from very different social strata and in the end, his quest for power and ostensibly it's the power to save Padme because he couldn't save his mother from death. And so ostensibly he's trying to save Padme from death. And that is what drives them apart. And ultimately, well, what, kills her and potentially well it kills mostly Anakin so there's that um and the the, yeah it's it's very tragic right it's very very tragic um in Solo a Star Wars story you do have one couple and that is Han Solo and Kira and um I don't know if she even has a last name but Basically, this is just first love, young love kind of thing. They grew up together on the mean streets of Corellia, and they learned to rely on one another. And I've heard them being compared um, that they work for a criminal, and they are treated kind of like um, the head boy and head girl of the criminal uh, kids that, <laughs> that work for Lady Proxima, but they break out and they leave Corellia Han to become an Imperial stormtrooper or mud trooper and, um, and Kira to become an operative for a criminal syndicate called Black Sun or Crimson Dawn, rather not Black Sun, Crimson Dawn. So um, they're not destined to be together. Right. They're just not. But it's it's a sweet little love story. And, you know, there's that. Um, 
in Rogue One, we don't have any canon confirmed couples, so this all falls under Fanon. Um, I would say that Jen and Cassian, who are the leads of the movie, I saw something there. Is that useful just, something, or it could be my goggles? <laughs> um, understand that I pretty firmly have shipper goggles in place at all times. Oh yeah, but who doesn't? I know people. Um, <laughs> I know people. They don't. They tell me yeah. I'm seeing things. Um, yeah, but this is this is people who love romance. So we're all going to see shipper goggles, right? We're all going to have them. So. They're those little pink things that are shaped like hearts that we pretend I hope so. not, we haven't put in our purses. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Well, let me say this about Jen and Cassian. There are looks. You know, the looks between them, and um, right as a spoiler for these uh right as they're about to die they they hug each other really really tight and they die in each other's arms oh nice yeah so it's there's plenty of room for fanboys and others to say it doesn't exist they're wrong but you know um (laughs) it's fine it's fine you could be wrong it's okay but i see it there um uh, chirrut and bays are um they are best friends, and I'm using air quotes, best friends. I can They're, see them. <laughs> yeah, no one else can see them. But um, they are best friends. And um, I would say that there's an undertone of, of, um, of uh, this could be a couple, right? It's not like you never see them in. Well, you do see, you see Bay's like holding Chirrut as he's dying in this like Pieta trope kind of thing going on. I mean, and that's also given, depending on the context, right? It's also a bridal carry. So he's, Chirrut's dying and he's holding on to him and then he puts him down and he just like goes nuts with the gun and then he dies. So... Oh, great. Rogue so everyone's, one is, everyone's dead. <laughs> oh, every, no, no. In Rogue One, everyone that you like and care about dies. Every single one. It's complete tragedy. It was not my jam. I mean, it was a good movie, but it was just not my thing. I was going to say, what happened to the happy ever after? Because I don't see one yet. There wasn't one. There wasn't one. The, Rogue One is an incredibly fan servicey movie where it, and then at the end it pulls in Darth Vader and he comes in and he's slashing people in the corridor and all this stuff and all the fanboys are going nuts and um you know kill them all kind of thing and I'm like what's wrong with you people and um and then you see the plans get out and and it ends with a shot of Leia's little ship leaving and and um and of course clarify here that Darth Vader is Anakin right yes yes Darth Vader is what becomes of Anakin after Padme dies so that's the cost of of losing your love is you become a monster that terrorizes the galaxy for 20 something years nice tragic yes but you're saved by the love of your son so that's not that's not romance but that is love so love is important it's a through thing um (laughs) 
All right. And then we get into the original trilogy. And <laughs> I sort of tongue in cheek wrote a blog post about that where, you know, the prince is too short to be a stormtrooper. No, wait, that's your brother. Um, George Lucas had Han and, excuse me, um, Luke and Leia become twins. And I think he decided it because he didn't want to introduce a new character late in the game. And um, so it made for some awkward, you realize that Luke and Leia have actually kissed each other a couple of times. This is a little squeaky now. Um, so uh, stuff, but it saved them from, it saved them from introducing a new character and Han and Leia. So Han Leia is the ship name, and they are the parents of Ben Solo, also known as Kylo Ren. This is sort of the opposites attract thing. It's the princess and the scoundrel. It reminds me a little bit of of couples like Flynn Rider and Rapunzel from Tangled, or... Um, well, any other couple where there's a huge social strata difference. And um, and so it's the same in, in some ways as Anakin and Padme, where there's this huge social difference between the two of them, but love sort of conquers that. Like, who cares? We're going to be together no matter what. And um, at the end of the original trilogy, you missed this part because you got kicked out, Ray. Um, there's this massive happy ending dancing Ewoks, happy teddy bears, so on and so forth. Oh, so they don't and, all die then? Oh, no, 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 no. Relatively few of them do. And um, and so it's very happy and it, you know, has the circle ending where the, it swoops in, if I'm remembering correctly. And, um, you know, you get the feeling that it's all going to be wonderful forever and ever. Amen. Oh, so but, they've got the Cinderella bit with the Birds flying in, tweet, tweet, tweet with the veil and happily ever after marriage and children. and. Well, there's no there's no marriage ceremony, but Han and, and um, Leia definitely in the movie together because Han was actually willing to he, he's the last one to find out that that um, that Luke and Leia are twins. Like not only are they siblings, they're twins and he's the last one to find out. And at just earlier in the movie, he has said to her, you know, I'm sure he got off that thing. Talk about this, the, the Death Star before when it blew up. And she said, I know he did. I feel it. And he was like, I won't stand in the way when he gets back. I just, you know, he does that stoic man thing, you know, I won't. I won't stand in the way. And she's I'll like, I'll sacrifice my happiness so you can be exactly, happy. Yes, exactly. And, um, and she's like, it's not like that. He's my brother. And you know, the, you know, saying this reminds me very much of a spoof film I saw that was made in 99. And I had to look it up because I saw it on sci-fi late one night years ago called George uh-huh. Lucas in love, which uh-huh. has George Lucas writing this, He's writing Star Wars in his dorm room at university. And this woman comes in with donut earring, a uh, donut headpiece in and everything else. Yeah. And you see the apparent influence for Leia. And then yeah. his mother arrives and says, oh, that's your sister. After they've been uh, making out on the bed. And that's yeah. all that I can see when you tell me about Luke and Leia kissing. Well, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. 
Um, and there are still Han Leia, or excuse me, there are still Luke Leia shippers out there, by the way. Um, and uh, it's, um, you know, it's, it's ship and let ship, but um, yeah, it's just right fiction. Now, if you can it's just see fiction. my face. It's just fiction. But a, and a lot of them just sort of retcon it and say they aren't actually siblings. Right. And and really, it was, there wasn't anything telling us leading up to them being siblings. Like you, that, it, <laughs> yeah. Like when I, when I, People, people in 1983 could be forgiven for not expecting them to be related because there was nothing to my mind that indicated that that was coming. And, and in some ways it felt a little bit like the Darth Vader reveal, I am your father moment of the last Jedi or the, of the return of the Jedi rather, but it's neither here nor there. So maybe it was. <laughs> Yeah, well, just shocked the crap out of me. All right, so um, original so trilogy said that, that those are that's our and and we, if we had never had another movie, the assumption would have been they lived happily ever after. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's that's what we get. It ends with that they're going to live happily ever after. But Disney bought Star Wars and they wanted to make money after spending four billion dollars. They're capitalists. I can't blame them. Yeah, they're capitalists. I can't blame them. They want all our money. And so the sequel trilogy has, um, well, one canon confirmed couple like this is they've actually kissed. If that is your bar for romance, they've actually kissed. And that is Finn, a.k.a. FN2187 and Rose Tico. Finn is a former stormtrooper. They're known as Finn Rose in canon or as their fanship name. And um, so he's a stormtrooper turned resistance hero and she's a resistance mechanic. And that's John Boyega, right? John Boyega and Kelly Marie Tran. And they are cute. (laughs) They're very cute. Um, I would say that they're cute together. Now, there were a lot of Ray Finn shippers or Finn Ray shippers after the um, first movie. And oh, I, I can get around see a lot. It. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, but she, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, I guess they're going to be the couple. And then after I got to thinking about it, I was like, no, I don't think they're going to be the couple because she ends the first or episode seven with. "Uh, We'll see each other again. I believe that my friend and then she kisses him on the forehead. Ouch. Dismissive friend zone. Well, it's very friend zone. And to be fair, he's unconscious at that point. He's like in a coma because he's so badly wounded because Kylo Ren almost killed him. Wow. It's awkward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sounds incredibly awkward. I mean, to be fair, she's also slashed Kylo Ren's face with a lightsaber. It's pretty bad. So, um, and, and Ray's over there going, how are they a couple again? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm wondering. <laughs> so, okay. This, there are going to be people who say that they are not a couple. Um, 
with all due respect, they're wrong. Yeah, they're wrong. Um, <laughs> the airship name is Raylo, Ray, Kylo Ren, or Ben Solo, right? Um, he is the son of Han Leia, and she's the daughter of nobody. They are basically her parents, which we who we learn about in the Last Jedi, are basically a set of dead drunks. So like, in my dead, she's the Anakin in the relationship, yes. or the Han in the relationship, right? So, socially speaking, yes. So that's another through thread where she doesn't have to be anybody. Now, J.J. Abrams could easily retcon this in Episode Nine. I think that that would be a really bad idea. But maybe if he's trying to give something to the fanboys who are cranky that Luke Skywalker is dead, um, then perhaps they'll do that and make her a Kenobi or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's well, just not necessary. J.J. Abrams, I don't think, panders so much to the fanboys. I mean, look at... From your mouth to his ears. Look at Star Trek. From your mouth to his ears. <laughs> it's finished already, so I don't think my views are going to make any difference. However, I don't think he's going to be the fanboy panderer that, and don't shoot me on this one, J.K. Rowling was in the epilogue of Harry Potter, which I still cannot stand to read. <laughs> that was wrong. Sorry. Harry, Ginny, Ron, Hermione, wrong, but we'll get there at some point. <laughs> But as you say, I mean, I hadn't really thought about how how much Ray and Ben, I'm going to use the, his name Ben in this case, I hadn't really thought about how much they are like his parents and grandparents in terms of social strata. Like, I knew it, but I hadn't really just, like, it's the first time I was like, oh, that's true. They are, they are very much of that same thing. But here's the, here's the thing about those two. So... He captures her. They're enemies. It's like she immediately starts trying to kill him because he's coming up and uh, he's approaching her on uh, a planet called Takadana in, in in a forest, Ray, a forest. You know fairy tale symbolism, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah. And so, so she, he's approaching her in a forest. She tries to kill him. He freezes her with the force. Like, for, she can't move. And... Um, they have this little bit of an interaction where she's just staring at him and he's talking to her basically. And he takes the lightsaber and you, you know, the lightsaber imagery, right? And it, Oh yeah. That has and, very many connotations. And um, he cut, he takes the lightsaber and he puts it down and it's like right beside her shoulder. So you can see the tip of this violent, ready orange lightsaber, right? Extending beside her face. And um, then he walk right. <laughs> then he walks around her and um, and he's talking to her and um, he realizes that she has seen this map that he's looking for. It's it's about the MacGuffin in the movie and um, it's a map to Luke Skywalker. Anyway, so she's seen the map to Luke Skywalker, and so these stormtroopers walk up to him and say. The resistance, da da da, da we need another group. He said, pull the division out. We have what we need. He, he, um, waves his hand and it knocks her out like it makes her unconscious. And there's no indication that's painful for her, just that she's unconscious. Before she can hit the ground, two perfectly well bodied stormtroopers right here. Before she can hit the ground, he swoops her up in his arms, carries her across the battlefield, 
up the ramp into his ship. And I should add to you at this point, the stormtroopers are in formation, like right behind them, right? Marching with them. Mm-hmm. He is in all black and she is in this cream white color. And she's got these flowing things that go around her that ostensibly, I guess, would protect her in the sands of Jakku. But it's flowing out like a like a long dress behind her. I'm sensing Stockholm Syndrome, but maybe that's just me. It's not Stockholm Syndrome, because she's not even awake for no, this at this point. The whole, but, the rest of it, I'm sensing Stockholm right. Syndrome. But, but the imagery is a bridal carry. This is a man carrying his bride across a threshold. That's the imagery there. And J.J. Abrams doesn't show us that one time. He shows it to us four times. Like, he wants you to see Kylo Ren making himself vulnerable because he does, I mean, he can't, he's holding her in his arms, Ray in his arms. So he can't like get to his lightsaber or anything like that. He's relying on these stormtroopers who are, you know, like escorts down a path um, or an, an aisle. And um, so anyway, when she wakes up, there's this interrogation scene and so many people find it squicky and un, uh, upsetting and and you know what I found it really upsetting as well and and it was why I was like no there's no way this is a there's no way they're going to be a couple there's no way but there was something about the scene that didn't make sense to me I'm like something's happening here and I don't understand it and at the point when I initially saw it I thought she was a Skywalker. I thought she was Luke's daughter. And so I'm like, these are their first cousins. This doesn't make sense. Why are they doing it like this? Because I really thought she was. You thought they were going to call a Luke layer almost. It, but I know that J.J. Abrams doesn't like that. I know he's not going to pull it. But at the same time, I'm like. If she's Luke's daughter, they're first cousins. Ew. And so, but, but she's not right. <laughs> I ignored all the clues that said she wasn't. Luke's daughter if that makes sense because yeah. I was in my head she had to be she had to be connected to him and so um we have that and then um in the scene he says something really disturbing which sent a lot of people into like this they felt like Panic. it was a rape thing yeah they felt like it was a rape thing because he said to her you know what I can take whatever I want and because I mean she's bound you know, she can't move. He never touches her. He never touches her. Um, but when she comes awake, the look on Ray's face, y'all, we ought to post the video. The look on Ray's face. <laughs> no, we're face, really not going to post the video. I look like uh, uh, death warmed over. <laughs> um, but, but, okay, so when she wakes up, Kylo Ren is literally, like, squatting down. <laughs> the look in front of her face she he's squatting down like he's he's not on his knees but that's the that's the height he would be at if he was on his knees she is bathed in light and he's just looking at her like he's just watching her waiting for her to wake up and he's just really stalkery in this scene isn't he and so yeah it's it's very edward and um bella when yeah. he's watching her asleep in her bedroom which is not at all stalkery or weird and she still yeah. marries him. Well, yes, she does. So anyway, she wakes up and she looks at he's he's masked and um he made a comment to her and she said, you know, well, uh, 
she said something to him about how, uh, of course, she's terrified by being uh, stalked by a creature in a mask. And he takes the mask off and puts it in a, a stool of ashes, basically. And um, and I, the thing is, though, when she take when he takes it off, because he's got all this Vader imagery going on, and we know as members of the audience that Vader needed that mask in order not to die, and he doesn't. He doesn't need that mask not to die. And so when he takes it off, it is like the best version of Adam Driver. And um, and so he looks like, and J.J. Abrams tells us this in his commentary. He says, and here you have, <coughs> excuse me, Adam Driver. <laughs> She's choking. <laughs> yeah, looking like some sort of a prince. Which is very Disney imagery. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, they are Disney. And wasn't there a petition not that long after Carrie Fisher died to make Princess Leia a Disney princess? She's not. She's not. Are you sure? Because I think she is. Might be now, but she wasn't. <laughs> In my head, she's always a Disney princess, okay? There's no <laughs> need to have a petition. She's a freaking Disney princess. So, um,. Anyway, you've got that, and um, so this is on the heels of an enchanted forest, a bridal carry, and now you've got the director telling us that the villain, air quote villain of the piece, is looking like some sort of a prince. And he's already spoken about fairy tale imagery, right? And so he is, one of his things is he can get in your mind, and he can make it hurt, and he's, he's actually not trying to make it hurt and he's supposed to be looking for the map but instead he's just kind of looking around and um he's like oh you're alone and you see an island and da 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 and she's crying because he's like pulling out all these sad memories and all these sad things that she doesn't like to think about and then he and then he's like oh i gotta get this map and he backs up and he still has not touched her yet and um at least not in this interrogation scene. And <laughs> I mean, it, but he did. I mean, he, he tested to pick her up in carriers, what I'm saying. And yeah. so he backs up and he's like, okay, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get the map. And they have this mental fight where like suddenly she can see into his mind as well. And so they've got this mind connection going on. And he at one point says to her before, even before it like really gets into the, like the tug of war, it looks like a tug of war. Um, He says, don't be afraid. I feel it too. And I'm sitting in the theater going, what does that even mean? What do you feel? I'm confused. Well, you overanalyze everything. (laughs) I I I don't because in the last Jedi, then you get Ray asleep. He's getting his face stitched up from where um, she has slashed him. And abusive relationship. Cool. The they're not in a rela- They're not in a relationship. <laughs> they are enemies. They are on other sides. They're on opposite sides of a conflict. But anyway, um, so, Romeo, so were Romeo and Juliet. They still ended up dead together. Thanks. <laughs> 
I am going to live in my dream world where they wind up together and happy. And by day, I don't care about Romeo and Juliet. I'm talking about Ray and Anakin. Or Ray yeah, and uh, Kylo. Ben. Ray and Anakin. There's a... Yeah. No. <laughs> but anyway, they're, they're just... Um, anyway, so in The Last Jedi, the first time you see them together... Um, she's waking up and she sees him like right in front of her and he sees her. And um, the first thing she does is pick up her blaster and shoot him because she thinks he's there and he's not. And um, he skids out into a corridor a la Tom Cruise and, um, and, business. and um, he's like, I can't see, I can't see your surroundings. Just you, just you. And um, and she's like, "You're too late. I found Skywalker." And blah 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 blah. And um, yeah. So that's how that goes. And um, it turns out that the Force is connecting them, and um, they are able to talk to each other and see, like telepathically and then at one point the connection is so strong they are millions of light years away from each other and they can reach out across a fire and touch hands across a fire okay i have a question for you mm-hmm. yeah what exactly is the force i know it's mentioned stacks and stacks and stacks may the force be with you blah 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 but i've said this several times i am a live long and prosper girl not a force be with you one so what is it? The force is a mystical thing and it binds all living things together. I have heard it compared to the chi. Like in Chinese mythology. Yeah. And so and and you have kind of a living force and a cosmic force and the cosmic force is a broader thing, but but the Force is complicated, <laughs> but it's it's definitely it's definitely mythical and or mythic, I should say. Okay, and so it's, it's, were... more, it's more of the spirit and the soul. It's like it's all of us having our spirits and our souls, and we all sort of feed into it. And it's it's good, it's bad, it's it's everything that all living things are. And so the dark side and the light side neither are inherently bad they're just you well you can't have one without the other you don't have the light without the dark and the dark without light you have to have both yeah, does that make sense that. yeah and, there and, is and the, the gray whole in idea is finding the balance between and i feel like the sequel trilogy is about finding that balance between the dark and the light and and Kylo Ren being so conflicted and Rey being willing to accept her dark side to me together they are the balance which makes them epic they're your favorites oh my gosh I love them so much (laughs) so so much so so much so yeah interesting what's the thing it seems like um, Kylo Ren are the favorites of a lot of people. If you look at our poll, which is still up, by the way, on ISN Romance on Twitter, we had 
78% of people who voted so far are saying that Kylo Ren and Rey are their all-time favourite Star Wars couple. But there is one couple that came up that has me completely baffled. We haven't mentioned them at all, and I'm guessing it's because they're not part of the Star Wars movie franchise. Mm-hmm. And that is Canera, and they were brought up by Amy when she voted and gave us a pretty little gif and everything. Yeah. Um, Canera is um, Kanan Jarrus, a blind Jedi Knight in Rebels, and Hera Syndulla, who is um, a rebel. And um, they, they apparently, on screen, there is a kiss on screen that I know about. And they apparently have somewhat more than a kiss as a relationship because um, we find out after Kanan dies, Star Wars is tragic, by the way. After Kanan dies, we find out (laughs) that they do have a son. So uh, I have to assume that something a little more than a kiss went on. Well, it depends Uh, on how they reproduce. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they're both humanoid type. So I would imagine that it would be the same i mean she's a i think she's a twi'lek i could be wrong but i think she's a twi'lek but that's still humanoid kind of thing so yeah but that's why we haven't really talked about them because they are rebels and maybe one day amy will come on and talk to us about how wonderful as a couple they are and i've heard really good things about them i just haven't invested the time into rebels that's on disney isn't it it is on disney but it's the season the the series is over now. They've moved on to another animated uh, series for the kids. Well, they're bringing so, back the Clone Wars. Yeah, because for a season. my nephew is a massive fan. Yeah, yeah, they are bringing back. The, so that also means they're bringing back Padme and Anakin, and a lot of their relationship, Padme and Anakin's relationship, plays out in the Clone Wars. It does. Um, and you don't, so you don't see as much of it on screen. When I say on screen, I mean the the big screen as you might think, but for casual fans or fans that don't really watch the animated series, um, the relationship between Padme and Anakin is what it is. And um, at its heart, unfortunately, it seems like Anakin looks to Padme initially sort of to replace his mom because he meets her right as he's leaving his mom and, it's just tragic. It's so tragic. I can't. It's so tragic with them. And and he turns to the dark side because he wants to save Padme's life. And, and it kills her. And oh, it just <laughs> breaks my heart. And I don't enjoy having my heart broken. Like, angsty romance isn't my jam. And that breaks my heart. I mean, I give me the happily ever afters. I'm a terrible author because I don't want to make my characters suffer. I want them to be happy. (laughs) Whereas I I can actually make myself cry by reading stuff I've written that has characters being dumped and ending up with cancer and all manner of lovely things. I'm going to send you that one, by the way. (laughs) Why don't you like me? I'm your friend. (laughs) I just want your opinion. But I have to. I have to read what you send me because you wrote it and, and, and you're going to make. Okay. Give me your questions. Give me your questions. Uh, my questions. Um, I'm confused. Um, 
I have so many and you've seen my list of many, many, many questions. So this is the biggest question and it's probably the last question that's going to tie in everything. And that is what is the most romantic moment across all 10 movies? And that's including Solo and Rogue One and every single tiny little bit that we've had that you talked about the most romantic moment and why this goes to i think what people feel for um the couples right and so for me because ray and kylo ren are my favorite i would say that moment when they touch hands across the galaxy i mean that's pretty epic right yeah to be able to reach across millions of light years i didn't describe it properly i needed to show you the scene because it starts out with him she's talking to him and she said i've never felt so alone and he responds with you're not alone and then she said neither are you and she reaches her hand out over this fire. He takes his glove off. And that's important because he's on this first order ship. He takes his glove off. And then he reaches out. And ever so slowly, you see their hands just touch, just like this, over a fire. Right? I mean, that's like hand If you fasting. can see it, if you can see it, she's at, um, Sally's actually reaching her hands out. <laughs> just so freaking perfect and then of course uncle luke burst in and disturbs smut hut and blows up the entire hut and so that's what hut i call it smut hut (laughs) smut hut it's after a there was a leak um by a fellow by the name, I say fellow, it could have been a woman, name of Bothan Spy. And there was a leak for The Last Jedi where he said that Luke comes in and disturbs a conversation that Kylo Ren and Rey are having and he blows up the hut. And so that made all the, all the, especially the Raylo shippers were like, aha, it's a smut hut. Because, you know, it, it, he was truly acting like the, the dad of a teenage daughter who comes in and finds his daughter making out with a boyfriend, right? Get out, <laughs> you know. <laughs> or the mum walking in. in on the son having fun with yeah. himself. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> I had to. See, ow. Okay, and so, um, yeah, he walks in and he's like, no, and he blows up the hut, right? And so, yeah, we call it Smut Hut, <laughs> even though they're just touching hands. And so, and they're not even in the same room. They're not even in the same galaxy. They're not even in the same solar system. But he has manifested himself there. I mean, that's just nuts, nuts. And then she promptly puts herself in a coffin-shaped escape pod from the Millennium Falcon and ships herself to him like FedEx. And she's holding a lightsaber on her chest like one holds a rose. Or like the Snow White. Yeah, well, I mean, it's also like Padme's death scene, too. There are a lot of parallels between Anakin and and, uh, 
Kylo and Ray and Padme. Even and, though their roles I mean, are reversed in yeah, social yeah, status and strata. Yeah. But the difference with them is that Ray has the force equal to the amount that Ben has the force. And so they're equals and they are their equals in the force. And that's what's important. There was a definitive power imbalance between Anakin and Padme from the jump because she didn't have the force. Her power was in politics and all of this stuff. And in the end, that's not enough. What about Leia and Han then? Who had the force there? Or did neither of them have it? Leia has the force, but it manifests itself in her in her strength of will. It enables her to get through things like watching her planet being blown up. And I'm guessing and not falling apart. Luke and it, got the power. He he got the active power. And in and in moments of extreme crisis, Leia can use the force. Like, but it's extreme crisis. Like, she uses the force to save someone else, her first love's life in um, the Leia Princess of Alderaan book. She uses it to save her own life in The Last Jedi. So, um, yeah, she can use it in moments of extreme crisis, but she never learns, like, she never learns to actively use it the way that Luke does. I mean, Luke tries to teach her, but like she senses Ben when she's pregnant with Ben, she senses his powerful light, powerful dark, you know, she senses that. And she senses that, you know, something is preying on her son, um, even from the womb. And it turns out it's probably Snoke. And um, yeah, so, so she, she has a more passive ability in using the force, but it's not, it's not active like Luke. And then Han, Han is not that way. Han, Han believes in the force because he's not had a choice. He like, he, he's seen it too much to not believe in it, but he, he initially doesn't believe in it at all. Yeah. It sounds to me like the, um, the time that the films were made dictates almost the role that the woman takes in the relationship. So even though Leia is more, powerful and is higher up the social chain than her brother is because he obviously was brought up somewhere else if I remember yeah, was, rightly yeah, I mean I'm talking I saw this yeah. I saw it what in 1977 yeah no that's how old that makes me um yeah he's so, he he's he um he was raised on Tatooine yes yeah so even though he is lower down the social chain, even though realistically he shouldn't be because they've both got the same parents, he is the more powerful one. He has the active power and she has the passive, more feminine power. Whereas now... Yes, but... Two that have an equal power that can be used in the same way, even though one's a man and one's a woman. So it's that in its... its, Indirectly, it's almost like it's a sign of the times. Right, but she's also powerful in terms of politics. Leia and Padme both were politically very powerful, politically speaking. They were very powerful. We had some quite powerful women in the 70s, over here anyway, as we had Margaret Thatcher. That's true. Um, But um, George Lucas made a point of saying that in his trilogy that Leia was supposed to be the one who had her shit together the other two 
it's clear they don't. And, and, and George Lucas did that on purpose. Which is a good thing. Yeah, that she was almost an auto-rescuing princess. I mean, she did need help. Like, she was locked in a cell. But but once once they open the door, she's the one who, who you know, gets them out of there. I mean, granted, it was via a trash compactor, but she gets them out of there. Um, and, and that's not what... They, they, Han had really kind of made a mess of things trying to get them out of there. So, <laughs> anyway... Um, it, it's it's an interesting kind of thing, and I agree with you that certainly the time does help dictate what the romance looks like. Um, I'm just saying, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. And no, it's, um, it was the 1980s, well, the 70s yeah. and 80s, so yeah. things were different. It's kind of like we were talking about last week with regard to the covers of novels and how they are received now when they mm-hmm. were made, when they were written 20, 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same kind of thing. I mean, these films, the original trilogy were made in, what, 77 to 83? That's correct. So that's 30, okay, 41 years ago. It's 42 years ago. Yeah. No, I know. I know. <laughs> Definitely know. Um, all right. So any other questions? I don't think so. I think we've covered almost, well, pretty much absolutely everything. Cause you, you say that. Oh no, we have, well, I know there's a lot more <laughs> to cover, but no, <laughs> we said we weren't going too in depth. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I think the thing with, the thing with Ray and Kylo Ren, it's like, if you saw it, I think you'd see it. And, and I, and you, you know what? There are plenty of people who say, oh, Stockholm Syndrome. But I, it, it's not. I think in when you actually watch it on screen, it's not. It's not. She's She ends The Last Jedi by like closing the door and walking away and saying, yeah. She didn't say anything. She just looks disappointed in him and, and closes the door. And, and there are plenty of people out there who are, oh, well, she closed the door. That means the relationship's over. And I'm like, funny thing about doors, they, they open. open. I mean, they closed, but they also opened. Just throwing that out there, letting you think about it. I mean, it's not a burning bridge, you know. Yeah, but even with a burning bridge, you've got a rope. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, but this, but what I'm saying is this isn't even that final. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. uh, to me, it's it's fairly clear this door's going to reopen. And Well, they've got a whole other film. Exactly. Exactly. And, and oh, and the, the last shot of Kylo Ren in The Last Jedi is of him on his knees bathed in light. And he's crying as Ray closes the store. Oh, this is your redemption arc thing, isn't it? Well, I mean, how else would you read it? I don't know, but I haven't seen it, so I have no idea. But did you see what I'm saying, though? I mean, come on. And it's not my redemption arc. I didn't make the movie. Johnson <laughs> made the movie. The creators made this. And wasn't he weren't wasn't he the one that people were really unhappy with? Yeah, like twenty percent of the fandom, and I'm just not feeling real sympathy for the. They're like, oh, I'm not my Luke Skywalker, and I'm like, oh, sweet baby Jesus. Everyone I suppose, else is done. I mean, I I was talking to a couple of folks the other day, and I was like, let me tell you how this is exactly in character for Luke Skywalker. And they're like, no, but then he wouldn't have just quit. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I was like, whatever. 
And then I got to thinking about it. And I was like, Luke Skywalker had never failed before. How do you know that that's not exactly how he would have responded when people he failed? Who, people who never fail don't react very well when they do. And so to me, it makes perfect sense for him to have responded the way he did. But these are these are fanboys who are hashtag not my Luke Skywalker. And I guess they wanted him to just have come out swinging the green lightsaber, killing everybody and calling it a day. And I'm just like, I think y'all are missing the point of Star Wars, but <laughs> whatever. This is this is the romantic side of things. Remember, romance. That's true. Happy and Star Wars is romance, but it very often is tragic romance. And since this is intended to be the final of the Skywalkers, I have to hope and pray that they will find the balance and they will redeem romantic love. Because the last romantic love that we saw on the big screen was Anakin and Padme, which went so desperately wrong. So I'm hoping that they're actually going to redeem romantic love and it will be glorious glorious and end with roses rose petals falling out of the sky and little birds going tweet 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 and carrying ribbons and yes. a disney yes absolutely that sounds perfect <laughs> i could even handle like a four shot of them having kids or something It'd be fine I'd yeah totally that. Mm-hmm. sounds good sounds good let's do that <laughs> Now, Sally, Sally's now going to be writing to J.J. Abrams and saying, if you don't end it like this, I'm going to be very unhappy with you. J.J. Abrams, I care what I think. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what, though? It, to me, it's the ending. To me, the ending with Ben Solo redeemed and happy is is what makes the most sense but i'm not i'm not a, i'm not a 40 year old fanboy i'm 40 plus year old fangirl i guess that matters so we'll yeah, see that is true we shall see all right is there anything any other question or anything like that that you want me to handle i don't think so i'm sure that at a later date i could come up with a good few more mm-hmm. I'm sure i have I'm no doubt <laughs> You're like, just don't make me watch. Yeah, please. <laughs> I won't make you watch. I won't make you watch. Although I think you might enjoy the sequel trilogy better than you did. But again, it's not your jam. So give me the no princess right any day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Princess Pride's pretty romantic. Okay, so I guess that means I need to remind everybody that that we are reading Slave to Sensation which yep. sounds very, very scandalous. Ray, have you started it yet? No, but as you know, it's my birthday and I'm getting a Kindle so I can actually buy the book because my last <laughs> Kindle went bye-bye when I plugged it in. <laughs> it was old. Well, it, it wasn't really old. It was seven, but it was old enough. And it just, well, I <laughs> I was quite sad. Well, for a Kindle, that's pretty old. That, that's got some age on it, so... That's got some age on it, but um, it's only, that book is only 320-ish pages. You'll oh, be able to knock that out. Tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be able to knock that out in a couple days, if that, so I'm not worried about that. Um, and I, as I was rereading it, I was like, oh, I don't know if she's going to like this or not. I'm 
feeling very trepidatious. Is that a word? Yeah. Trepidatious. I'm feeling trepidatious that you won't like it. And of course, next week, that is going to be our subject. Our subject is going to be Nalini Singh with Slave to Sensation. So if you haven't read it yet, or you haven't been to our Goodreads page, or you didn't even know about it until just now, um, we have got it a forum on Goodreads. It's all been set up. So if you want to comment on the book we read first, which was Ransom, and put your views down in there, or you want to comment on how you're finding reading or rereading Nalini Singh, or any of her other books for that matter, go ahead, put the comments in there. We aren't massively active on there yet, but we will be. And of course, you can always post in on our blog. You can post comments on threads underneath for the podcast or you can say hi to us on Twitter we promise we won't bite unless you ask us to (laughs) oh bless okay (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for tuning in to romance isn't dead I am palmetta blue on Twitter if you need me I'm also palmetta blue on Instagram but it's like, as I said last week, crochet stuff right now. And I do need to, but I will, I will post about the blog and um, Ray, just get in touch with you through the Twitter, ISN Romance. Yeah, ISN Romance or on the blog. I am there pretty regularly. Great. Great, great, great. All right. Well, we look forward to hearing from our dear listeners and I would just like to, say to you oh wait right right what would you like to say to our listeners i would like to say keep on searching for your happily ever after it is out there somewhere i promise (laughs) perfect and i would just remind you that romance isn't dead it's alive and well on our bookshelves Bye. bye